Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a qualified guest and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. I'm sitting down with the founder of Angry Angel Energy, Justin Lloyd, which is a antioxidant, natural caffeine-infused beverage. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics, such as entrepreneurship, the food and beverage industry, starting a business in college, funding, personal development, mindset, and personal branding. Justin's story is all across the board. So he uh, was born in Chicago, lived in California for a little bit, had a dream of becoming a NASCAR driver, spent some time in the racing industry, uh, ended up graduating from NC State in 2015, where uh, he grew and launched his business in college. He uh, moved from a local business in North Carolina to a regional product sold in all Whole Foods in the South region. He's really going to take you through his story today and uh, walk you really through how he got from point A to point B. And uh, I just wanted to personally thank everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Um, as always, make sure to subscribe to hear the latest updates. And uh, once again, welcome back to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Chris, thanks for having me. This is an awesome, uh, awesome opportunity, and uh, I think it's uh, it's really cool actually how we met. Uh, going to uh, actually a Whole Foods over here in Charlotte. Uh, I, I know how I remember it is. Uh, I was actually uh, contemplating if I wanted to go in and, and hand out samples that day to folks sitting there, and uh, I was able to find some internal motivation to go do that, and. Uh, uh, luckily, I did because I stumbled upon you, and uh, we were able to connect and talk a little bit about Angry Angel, and talk a little bit about what you're looking to do with your podcast, which which I think is great for uh, for an entrepreneur standpoint from your from from your view, and also from my view. Of course, of course, and uh, really just to add to that, you know, um, thank you for taking the time to tune in today, um, and, and really spending the time to uh, have this episode, and uh, really touch it on that Whole Foods remark. Uh, that was actually really funny. You brought that up because that day. Um, and I'm sure everyone out there has these days um, of, you know, just I don't want to talk to anybody. The week was hard. I just want to, you know, get something to eat, go home and refresh for a little bit. And I was having one of those uh, one of those evenings on Friday, and uh, my girlfriend dragged me down there to Whole Foods. And all of a sudden, I see you walking up. I'm like, who's this kid with a cooler? Uh, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, hope he doesn't try to sell me something. I just want to go home. And then, uh, you know, you, your first remark was, hey, you guys want to try a free energy drink? <laughs> and my first thought was like, okay, that's true hustle. I like that. And my second thought was, I'm pretty tired. I need an energy drink. <laughs> I um, think those are your exact words, Yes, too. yes. And uh, I just think it's funny because, you know, you it's uh, kind of right place, right time. Um, and, you know, I think something that I learned, and we, we chatted a little bit off, uh, off air about this, is like, you know, just be open-minded to having conversations with people you run in, even if you're kind of having those off days. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really cool story of how we uh, we got introduced. Um, but but really, based on that introduction that I gave earlier, um, you know, I'd love for all the listeners out there to just kind of really get to know your story, um, where you grew up, how you got into racing, and, and kind of how you ultimately uh, decided to launch your business. Um, if you wouldn't mind, kind of giving a quick introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, born in the Midwest and in, in, in right outside of Chicago, 
Um, didn't spend much time there, but uh, grew up uh, most of my childhood in California, uh, pursuing, uh, uh, I guess, early pursuit of a, a career in NASCAR. I started racing when I was five, and mm. um, it was always my dream to race in NASCAR someday. And luckily, I had the support of, uh, of my family uh, to do that and chase that dream. I was very fortunate to have that. Um, that that journey um, led us to North Carolina, actually Mooresville, North Carolina, when I turned 15. So I had to learn how to say, uh, yes, sir, no, ma'am. <laughs> learned what sweet tea was, learned yeah. what Bojangles was real quick. And uh, yeah, continued to pursue the NASCAR career. Um, that's my passion. And uh, went, went to high school, Lake Norman area, and stuck in the state when I went to school at NC State. Uh, continued racing. Um, unfortunately, racing, I picked probably the most expensive sport to, mm. to go pursue. And uh, it was time to uh, focus on getting an education. So I got my bioengineering degree from, from NC State. And um, it's funny because, uh, you know, growing up in the racing world, I was around Red Bull and Monster and um, NOS and any sort of energy drink, uh, you know, high octane, high adrenaline mm. uh, marketing you saw. Um, I was right in the middle of it and I was their target. And I was drinking Red Bull, Monster, Nost, like it was going out of style. Yeah. And uh, mom and dad used to joke, you know, those are those are going to kill you someday. You know? <laughs> you, those are ingredients, you know, those are bad for you. And, you know, being 16, 17, 18 years old, you kind of brush it off. Like, yeah, right, you know, it's, it's mom and dad telling you. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, going to NC State, I was able to take a, a class, a food and beverage um, um, elective. And I learned a little bit more about what was inside products um, that we were consuming on a daily basis. And uh, I guess you could say uh, I was woke at that point and uh, it started doing more research on, okay, well, what, what's in Red Bull? What's in Monster? You know, mm. These things I'm drinking two, three a day and I'm looking around, everybody else is drinking two or three of them a day. I found out real quick, you know, it's, it's probably not the best for you. Maybe mom and dad were right, you know, and yeah. uh, it was time uh, – to get a little wiser about what I was putting in my body and what I was doing to, to stay healthy. And um, that's what led me to looking for a healthier alternative um, past Red Bull and Monster and kind of curb that habit. And, um, you know, long story short, I, I checked out, you know, some of the local stores, such as your, your Whole Foods or your Earth Fair. And um, the options for me, it, it wasn't appealing to me on uh, many different fronts, whether from a flavor standpoint uh, a price standpoint, you know, that it seems that the organic label also brings a $4 price tag for a 12-ounce can. And, mm. you know, I'm a college student, and that's just not, you know, sustainable to have something like that. So I was like, you know what? I think there's an opportunity here to to really create something new, create something healthier um, that is targeting people that are looking for, you know, a boost throughout the day but but don't want all that sugar and don't want all those artificial mm. ingredients that are – really counteracting what you're trying to do by drinking energy drink. You know, you're, you're drinking something that has 30 to 40 milligrams of, sh- uh, 40 grams of sugar in it before a workout. Well, you're spending your entire workout working that off. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of what led to the idea of Angry Angel. Um, and, and from there, that's what started this journey now of um, bringing this healthy alternative to market. Mm. So growing up, um, it sounds like with um, your drink, right, you saw kind of a, a problem that was occurring and immediately thought of a um, a solution to it, right? Like a lot of entrepreneurs do. Um, did you grow up kind of with some entrepreneurial tendencies, or how did you kind of start to dive into that arena? No, I think that's a great question. And um, to be honest with you, I, I think the, the entrepreneur spirit in me um, probably started because of the whole car racing thing. Mm. Um, you know, every lap I was out there taking risk, uh, risk that 
you know, uh, when I started racing at five years old, those other five-year-olds weren't, you know, having to make those split-second decisions inside of a car going 40, 50 miles an hour. Mm. Um, so that was something that I think from a young age, my, my DNA kind of evolved from there. And um, it definitely had an effect, um, I think a positive effect on, on my mind and, and trying to really think outside the box and challenge myself. Um, you know, my dad, he was an engineer. So, um, you know, somebody that we're always looking to solve problems and, and always looking to make things better. And, and I always thought in racing was really interesting that, you know, every lap was a chance to get better. You know, even though you made a mistake, mm. you know, 16 seconds later, you're, you're going to be running another lap. So you had a chance to kind of, to make, make up for that mistake. So when you're looking at it, you know, carrying it over to the entrepreneurial world, um, it allows you to kind of be more of mind and take more risk and understand that make mistakes okay because that's what's going to allow you to find your limit. Mm. You know, I, I wrecked a lot of race cars growing up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because I was taking those risks. Mm. But the reason why I was able to succeed with, with my dad, with my mom, with my brother racing um, was because I found those limits, sometimes, sometimes the hard way. And I think a lot can be compared with entrepreneurship and, and starting a business and trying new ideas. You, you got to... Um, you got to be willing to to go out and think outside of the box. That's that's how um, things are. You know, pr- things progress. Mm-hmm. Did they? Uh, did your parents get you into the whole NASCAR side of things then? Or? Yeah, my, <laughs> I think uh, no. Uh, obviously, it took their help, but the n- yeah. neither of them came from racing. I actually um, I played soccer growing up, and mm. uh, I found out real quick I wasn't very athletic in that <laughs> sense with my with my feet and kicking a ball th- into a net. Um, but there was this kid in the neighborhood, then I was probably like four or five years old at the time, and uh, he drove around on a go-kart. So I'd come home from preschool or kindergarten or whatever and stand out there on the driveway and watch this kid go around the, the neighborhood on this go-kart. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And um, I started watching NASCAR on the weekends. It was, it was really a way for actually my parents to kind of uh, get me out of their hair a little bit. Mm. So I'd push my little, little matchbox cars around the around the carpet and uh, you know pretend to race. But... What ended up happening was uh, my dad said, you know what? You've been begging me for this go-kart for so long. Um, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it. If you go score a goal in your next soccer game, I'll get you one. If you don't, uh, I don't ever want to hear about it again. And I had never scored a goal in my life. So he thought he was pretty safe with that bet. Oh, yeah. No, no. Three goals later, the next game, I go, Dad, I get three go-karts, right? And, oh, no, you get one. <laughs> and in the funny story, we actually um, – we went down, I sat in all the go-karts, and I was too small for all of them. I was only five at the time. Mm. But the guy, uh, I think, made the most expensive recommendation to my dad ever. And it was that, oh, I think there's this place up the road that, you know, Jeff Gordon and Bobby Labonte and all these guys kind of started racing at. And it's built for smaller kids. You know, it's built for young kids. You should go up there. And that's um, that's how I got my start. Yeah. Did uh, You mentioned at a young age that, that you took a lot of risk and yeah. kind of learned what it was like to fail. Um, did your parents encourage that type of failure and growth type of model at a young age? Or Yeah, absolutely they did. Yeah. Um, I, I think having that foundation mm. um, was definitely important uh, and has led to where I'm at today. Um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I actually interviewed this guy, Andy Nock, who uh, – used to own a mechanical engineering firm and he was also in the NASCAR kind of race industry. And he said the same thing if I chose the most expensive sport. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of funny how that uh, connects there. Um, so within, uh, within failure and entrepreneurship, like why do you think uh, a lot of people, no matter what their age are, are, uh, are scared of risk and scared of failure? Yeah, I, I think, you know, 
the upbringing is definitely a big piece of that. Um, I, I just think in general, I think people, you know, we're creatures of habit. So if we get in some sort of cycle of doing things over and over again, um, we, we become comfortable and kind of mm-hmm. numb to your, to your surroundings and your environment. And I think, um, I think the biggest thing in order to kind of change that is to um, look at just doing things better. Mm-hmm. Um, challenge yourself. Uh, think outside the box. Um, I, I know that's tough to do, but if, if you want to you know, really improve your life and improve the lives of, of those around you, um, doing the same thing every day is just not going to cut it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I get it, you know, entrepreneurship really truly isn't for everybody. Mm. Um, but there are those that find it, you know, later in life. And I think you mentioned timing, um, you know, for example, you and I meeting in Whole Foods mm. at that point, timing plays a big part in that. So, you know, I was fortunate at a very young age to have it instilled in me. Um, but there's plenty of people. Um, I think you look at, especially the founder of uh, Five Guys, you know, mm-hmm. some of his story. He wasn't successful with his entrepreneurship endeavors till a lot later in life, I believe it was in his 50s. So I think it's timing, uh, and I think you just um, – everybody's time comes comes differently with that. Yeah, and uh, I know yourself. I mean, you and I both are, are very, very busy. Um, do you have any, like, daily habits that you like to implement in your day-to-day operations, or you just touched on them? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, one of the biggest ones is, is focusing uh, on yourself and your mm. um, how you're taking care of your body. Um, um, you know, mentally is a, is a big piece of it, um, and physically is another. And I think you can really tie those together with. I try to. I, I like I like running. I enjoy running, so I try to do that um, at least five days a week. I'm trying to get some sort of physical activity in, and that's good for the you know not only physically for your body but mentally to clear your mind. And I've actually found that. Uh, on those runs, some of the best thoughts I've had have, have come to my mind. Hmm. Um, so I think it's very important to to, to do that. Um, I think eating, being aware of what you're putting in your body when you're, you know, whether it's with breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, um, being aware is, is important. Um, uh, controlling the things you can control, I, I think is that's kind of the lesson there that, that I've kind of put in play. Um, you can control, you know, when you work out and making time for yourself, what you're eating, um, because there's a lot of things out of your control. Um, Mm. and I think that's something that's, that's important to me on a daily basis to be aware of both those things. Yeah. I know for myself, uh, I always have a very robust morning routine because I think in the morning, especially before you check your phone, that's really the only time that you can control, uh, in a journal, gratitude, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely believe in the whole, uh, control process. Yep. Um, so within racing, let's just walk through this real quick. Did it get to a point where you could tell it wasn't going anywhere or kind of what was the whole halt process like there? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, we always knew it was going to be a challenge, um, with, you know, finding funding to get to the next level. Um, and like I said, I was very fortunate to, to have the opportunity for my parents to get me to the level I got, but um, we started recognizing we we're going to need some outside help, you know, mm. in the form of sponsorship. So, um, obviously for my parents I had a lot of help and, and, you know, how to write a sponsorship pr- proposal and, um, but they wanted me to be a part of that process because the sponsorship, they were, they were sponsoring me. They weren't sponsoring my parents. They were sponsoring yeah. me, uh, and a racing ability is one piece, but they want you to be able to represent their, their business in, in a way that, um, they're seeing some benefit. Mm. Um, so, um, it became a point, I'd say, probably about the time we went to North Carolina. It was not too long after that. We're like, wow, this this is really expensive. And every step you took, you felt like it was going to take 
it was probably four or five times more money than the last stop. Um, and the series, the, the ARCA series, the highest level I got, you know, there's, there's people paying upwards of one to one and a half million dollars a year mm. to, to run a full season. And, you know, money just doesn't grow on trees that way. So the going out and going to find the sponsors, um, was important. So I'd say probably around, um, probably around 18, 19 years old, about the point to where I was like, you know what, got to really pull the pants up a little bit here. And, um, let's let's go find some sponsors and, and try to do it and unfortunately you know, around that time frame was like 2008 2009 2010 which is a very hard time for a lot of people mm. and a lot of businesses uh, with the financial uh, bank crisis and whatnot that was going on so um, it kind of put a hamper in the progress that we were making in my career um, even though we were in the mecca here in North Carolina mm-hmm. so it was time to really start you know, thinking outside the box of, okay, you know, if, if this isn't going to come through the way we want, we're still going to keep trying, but what are some other ways we can do it? Um, and that's where kind of, it was about the same time frame when I was going to NC State, thought of the idea of Angry Angel. Mm. Let's let's start seeing if we can kind of fund some of our own racing with this. Let's take a little bit of the money we've got set aside here to, to maybe bring this idea to life and then you know, maybe fund our own racing. Um, I think that was the really... The initial, I guess, foundation birth of Angry Angel, you could say, with in terms of transitioning from racing to this entrepreneurial world of creating this product. Mm. So you started building um, Angry Angel while you were racing, or uh, it yeah, it was kind of uh, overlap of of racing okay. and and going to school at NC State. Yeah, yeah. how uh, was that transition tough? Of I mean, you were following your passion ever since yeah. you were five. How, how was that transition for you going out of it? Yeah, you know, I I think. You know, I mentioned that was probably around the time I was like 18, 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old. I'm 27. I'm still going through it. I mean, just this past weekend, I was kind of uh, feeding that need for, for that. speed, and I was running the Legend Car Nationals, which I hadn't done since since 2008. So wow. um, I think racing is always going to be a passion. Um, I just think sometimes there's a, there's a bigger calling to life, um, and, and I, I hope that racing's still part of that, and I really do believe it is, but... Um, there's other things that that have my focus now, and I think one of the things is you know Angry Angels evolved and this business has evolved, and as I went through school and got my engineering degree and even worked in the I guess the eight to five world for a little bit, I realized that um, you know racing in itself it's a team sport, but um, growing up being a driver it can become you know almost very selfish in a way where mm-hmm. you know the spotlight's on you and that's you know um, I think it's important to as I've grown realize that it takes a true team. And as you kind of go through school and go through this like eighty five world I mentioned and build this business, you realize that it's important to pull in the people around you and offer opportunities. And there's no greater feeling in this world to me than to to help somebody else and help somebody else get to the next level in their mm-hmm. in their life and their challenge or their entrepreneurship, you know, uh, endeavor they're on. Um, and I think there's some I get a lot of um, enjoyment out of, out of that too. Uh, um, maybe equal to the level of enjoyment I get out of racing. Yeah, yeah, of course. How did you um, really implement the self awareness to realize that it was time to make that pivot, not follow racing anymore, and really focus that that there was kind of a higher purpose of what you were after, like helping people out and everything. Yeah, I think that just kind of happened naturally. I'd, I'd, mm. I'd like to say there's one, you know, kind of deja vu moment yeah. that really probably wasn't. <laughs> um, and I think personally, that's what I kind of struggle. I wish there was that deja vu moment. 
Um, I think personally kind of struggle with that a little bit, um, going through school, kind of saying, you know, I, I really don't fit in here in, in school so much. And, you know, for me, I always been at the racetrack on the weekends. What, mm. what is all this tailgating and, and, and football? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But um, there's always that kind of feeling like, okay, well, what, what's next? You know, what's mm. next? And, uh, you know, luckily with Angry Angel and, and, and building this business, um, obviously I'm passionate about the beverage industry and energy drinks and, and, you know, looking for unique ingredients and things to better people's lives with. But I'm also passionate about bringing what I've learned from racing, the racing world, and applying that mindset to this industry of problem solving. So mm. coming at it from a different angle, I think, is important. Um, and I think it's important in any industry, no matter what entrepreneur, you know, everybody's got your own upbringing, your own experiences. And I think that's really what drives great ideas and innovation is, is taking what you learn and applying it to different things, you know, thinking of things a different way that no one else has ever thought of. Mm. Um, ignorance is bliss in that sense. I, I obviously didn't grow up in the beverage industry. My parents didn't. Um, but I grew up drinking a lot of beverages. Right. And I grew up, you know, in, in a time and age where people are trying to be healthier, me included. And I grew up willing to take risk. And I grew up, you know, willing to, uh, you know, kind of fearless in a sense. So you can kind of put all that together um, in my engineering background, put all that together. Um, and that's kind of what helped get that start in the beverage industry with Angry Angel. Um, it wasn't necessarily a black and white transition, but kind of piecing all that together is what led to the, to the birth of the company. Mm, mm, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, um, you know, I had a gentleman on the podcast, Lee Burgess. Um, you know, we had a great episode about mentorship, upbringing. Um, and I think your upbringing, um, people, places, and things really kind of shape who you are in the future. Um, I know for myself, um, really, I've worked for a lot of what I have now. So, you know, I was that 12-year-old kid hustling, knocking on people's doors, asking if I could cut their grass so I could save for my first car because I knew I wanted to buy one at 15. And I think those uh, kind of the, those tendencies that I had at a young age are now really helping me with um, the podcast, with working a nine-to-five, balancing that, and starting and growing an app on the side because it's like, oh, I've done that when I was 12. I can easily do that at this age, right? That's right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's walk through this. So you're at NC State, and are you a sophomore when you first started to launch this company? Or I think at the time was was when I was a junior, was having the initial initial idea. So you're out of the dorms. Yeah, you're yeah, out of the dorms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're, you're a junior. Um, what's kind of that that uh, phase look like of idea to kind of like starting to have some uh, new product development and everything? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And, and as I mentioned, with no experience in the beverage industry, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, I've got a can of Red Bull sitting in front of me. Let's let's look at the back of the nutrition map. What ingredients are in here? And um, I, I started looking at those ingredients. I said, you know what? Let's let's turn this upside down because obviously, if you dump out what's inside of a Red Bull, what you have left is a, is, is a can. It's it's a brand. Mm. Um, so I was like, you know what, it's going to take a while to get that brand going, but what I put inside of that can or, or you know, and, and at the time I didn't even have the word name angry angel figured out what I put inside that can is some of the most, it's the most important thing because people are wanting something healthier and you can put whatever brand you want on it. But the thing that's going to stick with you is your ingredients. Mm. So let's do something truly different here and then have something that is, that is healthier, um, and, and you know, for for me, it was going okay. Let's let's look at let's just do research. I mean, for me, it was a lot of Google. It was a lot of walking inside of, of uh, supermarkets and talking with people there. Okay, what what ingredients here are you know on trend? What what ones are are healthy? What kind of uses an alternative? You know, to 
an, an artificial sweetener such as acylophane potassium, you know. I didn't know what any of these words really meant before. I just knew mm. some of them were really bad for you and some of them were better for you. Um, so there was a lot of trial and error initially. And, and to be honest with you, um, I think it was probably it was probably a good year and a half from the point of initial idea to mm. um, the point to where we actually had like some sort of product that we kind of tangibly kind of try. Um, so it was learning a lot about, you know, sourcing ingredients, um, learning a lot about vendors and, and, and supply chain when it came to cans and, uh, and, and the design and then having the trademark and then, you know, LLC, what's that, you know? And, you know, luckily I had some help from, from my dad who had, you know, had a couple of business of his own. So he kind of helped me with walking the ropes of that. So I got a mentor there. Um, but he didn't have any beverage industry experience. So there's a lot of trial and error and, um, um, with finding what ingredients we could put in there initially, but we knew that we wanted to have a product that could sit on a shelf of a Whole Foods. So kind of looking at their standards uh, from ingredients being that the pinnacle of, of food and beverage and what's allowed. Um, but we also we we knew that the 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 branding we wanted to have something that was edgy, kind of mm. spoke to the target market of, of of saying, and that's what kind of led to the name Angry Angel. You know, angry, be, angry being something that that's, that's powerful, kind of represents uh, the energy with you know inside the drink. But but angel, something that's a little more innocent, and something that uh, really speaks to the um, the naturalness of the and the healthness of the of the uh, ingredients inside the product. Mm. Um, so that's how the name came about. So uh, as we developed that idea, everything kind of came together piece by piece, um, and it was a lot of iterations of some nasty uh, drinks that we were swallowing, yeah. and, and it didn't happen overnight. Um, to get to this point, you know, it's really been about, I'd say about s close to seven years now from initial idea to where we're at uh, in terms of having a product inside of Whole Foods mm. um, that's sold regionally now. Mm. Wow. So a lot of follow-up questions. With this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so first off, what advice would you give out there um, for someone that, that has an idea and let's say in a year's time, they want to um, have it fully launched, whether it's a product like a, a beverage, uh, an energy bar, mm -hmm. a T-shirt company. What's kind of the, and let's say like yourself, they didn't know much about the industry. What's some like initial steps they could potentially take right now to start executing? Yeah, I think I think I, I could go a lot of detail there. But I think the first high level piece of advice I give is uh, um, be okay with it not being perfect. Mm. Um I think it's important, and, and there's just some lessons learned on my own. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So mm. the longer you hold out on pushing your product or service or idea out there to market, the longer you're delaying your success because what happens is um, you're kind of internalizing what you, what, you've, what you have, and you're one person. And yeah, you're solving a, a greater problem, or at least that's what you're trying to do, but Really what's going to dictate um, the success of your product is, is your customers and the market that's out there. So the, the sooner you could put something out there, whether it's um, just a simple you know, PowerPoint presentation of your idea, taking it and going and pitching to your local angel investment network, or mm. um, obviously uh, I advise getting NDA initially signed, uh, protect your idea is important. Um, but, but getting out there and, and maybe, maybe even before that, going to friends and family, um, is a good idea. You know, sometimes friends and family can be kind of like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. You know, they're not, you know, the, the most subjective people. Mm. Um, so going out with people that, you know, whether you, if you got a food idea, beverage idea, I suggest going to the local supermarket, 
asking the person stocking the shelves what, what sells the most in here mm. and looking at that product and saying, okay, well, what about, why are people buying this? Um, and kind of working backwards from their reverse engineering. But, um, you know, some, another piece of advice I can give is, um, you know, start small, um, scale it and, and have it to where you can test your product out at a college campus or, or at um, the local farmer's market or um, with, with your friends and family on, a, you know, maybe like an um, app download or, or something like that. Um, because investing a lot of money initially is very dangerous um, because you're going to have to make changes along the way. Mm. And if you put your $100,000 into inventory that you haven't test marketed, um, you could really miss out on that opportunity later to improve upon you know, your initial iteration. Uh, so starting small is important, and it's, and it's okay to make mistakes along the way. Mm, mm, so true. I think it's, I mean, the secret to uh, to get started is just to get going. Yep. Right? Um, you ever read the book from zero to one? I haven't. Yeah, it's, uh, I actually haven't read it either. I've, I've kind of listened to some snippets, but it's really about just taking that first jump, like getting an LLC started or yep. going to Walmart and asking for some product reviews yep. um, or anything. So really, really firmly believe in that. So. When you uh, were first launching, you mentioned uh, we, you use that term a lot. Did you have a, a partner starting out or, or was it just you or? Uh, family. So okay. it was, um, it was you know, your people closest to me doing it. So it was family business. Um, my, my dad and my brother had actually kind of messed around making some sodas before. And um, their big thing was making the craft orange and, and root beer sodas. Mm. So they'd played around a little bit with, you know, a, car- a machine that carbonates, you know, some liquid and, and, and sugar and carbonate, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, that's when I'd kind of come with the idea with them, like, let's just do an energy drink, you know. So um, there's a lot of help from them. And, and along the way, as this ideas developed, um, you know, mom's played a big part in it. Uh, you know, my girlfriend and her friends and her family and all my friends and all my extended family, um, have really played a piece in, in, in helping grow this business and grow this idea. Um, and they've been at times some of my, my toughest critics as well. Mm. So, which is great to have. Yeah. I, uh, that's funny. So my mom listens to every single episode of my podcast uh-huh. and she's gotten on to me a couple of times of like, you need to tell people to stop cursing in here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. So, um, really out there, like, do you think, uh, family, Obviously, they really help you out too, right? Yep. Um, when you're starting a business, do you think that's like you have to have a partner, or is there anything as like solo entrepreneurship in that? Yeah, I don't think there's anything solo entrepreneurship. Mm, I think if yeah. you're if you're gonna do that, you're you really are setting yourself up self up for for failure. Um, I think it's important to you know it doesn't necessarily need to be fifty fifty. Uh, but to have somebody there to that you could bounce ideas off of, or help keeping you accountable, or you know, if you identify, you, know, you if you're at a point where you can identify your weaknesses, find someone that you know that can fill those gaps for you, because um, that's going to be important. I, and I think as you're growing a company, it, you know, it's like, oh, it's great, you know, if I can withhold all this equity and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But you realize 100 percent of a personal pan pizza is nothing compared to 50% of a pizza as big as, you know, th- this room that we're sitting in mm. right now. Um, so you, as you start, your ideas start to develop, you, you start to realize that, um, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about affording opportunity for others and allowing others to kind of fulfill their their dreams and, um, you know, kind of let them play a part in what you're doing. You know, it, it could really help grow your own success along the way. 
Um, and it's really fulfilling to be able to do that and mm. offer that opportunity. Mm. And surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, exactly. Um, either they're helping you or that you are actually uh, physically helping. Um, so with all the success, right, you've had a lot of growth um, through the years. Like if you wouldn't mind, I mean, what are some failures that you've had really along the way? Yeah, no, it, obviously, you know, in, in the food and beverage industry, I think anybody that's been within it, um, they always learn real quick too that um, there's some big things, you know, inventory, especially in the beverage industry mm. is a big thing. So I mentioned before, you know, going in head over heels and producing a lot of product initially is, um, is a big risk. Um, I, I think, you know, for us, some of the mistakes along, along the way, um, gosh, there's, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint. Um I, th I think for me, thinking that our initial iteration of the product was the the answer, mm. um, thinking, oh, it's the best. You know, like I said, I'm perfectionist, and, and whatnot. oh, it's the best. It's the answer. I think you learn real quick that um, people's needs change. Um, I think trends change over time. Uh, so it's important to remain open minded to that. Um, it's important to be flexible with with your with what you're doing. Um, you know, for us, you know, the there's there's a um, people's I guess demands in terms of food and beverages has changed over the past seven eight years from initial ideas of product. So for us recognizing that um, we were actually working on developing a new a new product line right now. Mm. Um, so um, you know keto is big. So so true. Yeah. And so without um, you know going into too much detail with that, we we want to be able to have a product that identifies with. With a larger audience and uh, move move towards those trends. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few follow up questions on on the failures that you mentioned. Yeah, and I'd love for you to take uh, some time to actually talk about some initiatives you have coming up, um, some different flavors you may have launching. Yeah. I know you mentioned the keto. Um, so with uh, with the failures, right? You're going to learn from them. You're going to surround yourself with the with the right people. Um, you touched on this a little bit, um, but what are some ways? Uh, you can acquire just like a small amount of funding to get started. And I'm not I'm not talking about a, a million dollar Series A round or anything like that. But but you know just a little bit to help uh, get your feet off the ground. Yeah, no, I think that's big. You know, I watch a lot of Shark Tank mm -hmm. and um, I follow a lot of the sharks on Instagram. And, and it's funny because they they all had different philosophies on how to get started. So they're I kind of preface what I say with, with that is that there's no one perfect answer. I think every situation is a little different. Um, so I'll say you know um, the first area where people kind of look to is like, okay, well, you know, any, anytime you kind of dip into maybe some money you have set aside of your own, whether it's your personal savings or not, that's always the first place I really kind of suggest because it's important to do that because it shows that you truly believe in your idea. And then at that point, you're you're invested in it mm. and it allows you to stick through it and allows you to really question, um, is this something I'm just kind of chasing a, a paycheck with or is this something that um, I have a passion for uh, and I'm going to stick through it with the hard times? So I think you, your, your first investment of product or idea or service, whatever, should really come from you. And a lot of people don't have the luxury to put a lot of money towards that. So you kind of got to look at it from that standpoint, okay, is this scalable? So mm -hmm. is it, you know, if, is it, is it going to take $100,000 to go initially start? You know, you know, maybe you got to think to yourself, is this the best idea to kind of get into something? Like this? And it allows you to get creative. Okay, well, maybe I can do you know, I'm gonna need a hundred thousand dollars in robes. There's something I can do now for five hundred dollars mm. to kind of start. Um, so that's the first place to look. Um, the next place, you know, friends and, and and family is the the next route that a lot of the you know uh, textbooks would tell you to kind of go to. And 
that's that was the phase that kind of helped that we got initially to kind of scale the business was reaching the friends and family and um, sharing the passion. And it's funny because you know some of them may invest for the for the idea, but majority of them invest because they know you and you had that relationship. Um, so as you start kind of formulating your idea and you start scaling the business, you know, moving to your angel round or your your Series A round. It's important that even though you're at the phase, maybe dipping in like to your personal finance with that $500, and it goes back to my original advice of taking just a PowerPoint of ideas and pitching to an angel group, um, it's important to get that started early because those relationships can take time. And maybe when you're ready for the $100,000 or $500,000, instead of going to them kind of cold calling, you've built that relationship from from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're looking to them for advice along the way. And then when you need that money, and when you're looking to scale it to that point, you've already got that relationship there. And it doesn't take then nine to 12 months to go build that relationship and, and, and get the funding um, because you've built the relationship. They've built up the trust. They've seen your journey. They understand your story, and they're, they're investing in you. And I think, I think that's important at every step of the way is that um, the product and service have to be there, but the, the partnership and, and anybody investing in the company uh, they should be equally investing in you as as a person as well. Mm, mm, that's so true. And I, I really liked the first point you made of uh, actually using your own capital because I think that provides some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Where it's oh, oh, you know, this is ten, fifteen, or even five grand of my own money. I can't mess this up. But yep. you know, if you had five grand from somebody else, you're like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. And then again, with the relationships, just summarizing on that end, it's like. Relationships, you know, some you can cultivate very quickly. You know, I think we've only had a few interactions, but, you know, we've obviously got closer, especially during this episode. Um, but some relationships, you know, take six, seven, eight, nine months to really cultivate. Um, so then starting that early is really a solid point you just made there. Um, so really, I'd love for you to just spend some time, you know, talking about your beverage. Um, I know the listeners out there are probably very intrigued so far. Um, but but really, what's going on here? Like, what do you have coming up? Any initiatives, any new flavors? Um and uh, also, you kind of touched on it earlier, but um, if you wanted to share your differentiator as well, because um, there's a lot of energy drinks out there, but I know you have a good differentiator that kind of separates yourself apart. So, Yeah, no, I, and I appreciate that segue. Um, and, and, you know, for us, like I mentioned, we wanted the product to sit in Whole Foods. And really what Angry Angel um, energy drink is, you know, what you described it as an antioxidant natural caffeine infusion. Mm. What we've done is essentially created a product that um, gets rid of the artificial ingredients. Um, for us, we wanted something with natural caffeine. So we actually use yerba mate uh, tea leaves as our caffeine source in our product. Um, 120 milligrams in every can. It's equal to a cup and a half of coffee or approximately two cups of tea. Uh, the nice thing with that, since it is natural, you're not going to get the jitters that are typically associated with energy drinks. I think when um, there's this kind of, uh, you know, people that view energy drinks out there, they, they just think of some, you know, hardcore guy doing backflips off a motorcycle and then chugging back a Red Bull, or, you know, mm. and the whole give you wings kind of thing. You know, for us, it's like, you know, look, not everybody wants all that. Mm. Um, and for us, we saw a real opportunity in the natural and organic space to come out with something such as Angry, Angry Angel because um, I think it was some of it, there were good products, but at the end of the day, they didn't have the function we're looking for. If you're going to drink an energy, you're still looking for energy. Mm-hmm. But where is that source coming from? So we got the, 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 like I mentioned, the yerba mate in there. And then you have a B vitamin complex. So B3, 5, 6, 8, and 12 vitamins. We put 100% of your daily value in there. Wow. Um, yeah, one of the big things that, you know, growing up, in addition to the five hour, excuse me, in the Red Bull and the Monster was, was five hour energy. Um, 
and for us, we wanted something that wasn't pushing 3,000% your daily limit of, of, of certain ingredient um, of a B12 vitamin. So mm. we've really combined the natural caffeine with the B vitamins that, you know, at, at a level that's 100% of your daily value. Um, also with a, a unique ingredient called CoQ10, uh, which is actually a coenzyme. So going back to my bioengineering days at NC State yeah. and some, you know, your biology classes, you learn about your mitochondria. Um, ATP and, and CoQ10 when paired together in your body actually help to create a healthy cell mm. and help to create natural energy within your body. And, and really in my initial research, I saw that and I was like, well, can we put CoQ10 in a, in a, in a drink? And uh, lo and behold, yeah, you can. Um, so we put uh, CoQ10 in, in, in both of our flavors, uh, which are blackberry lemon and tropical flavor. The tropical's got uh, passion fruit, uh, guava mango blend, and all of them are lightly carbonated, um, so something that's not going to be too heavy in your stomach. Mm -hmm. And I like to compare it to uh, a sparkling water with flavor and function. Mm. So something you can drink before a workout, something you can drink at 2 p.m. at work when you get back after eating, you know, maybe a little bit heavy lunch, and you're kind of getting that midday slump. Or something you can drink at, honestly, 10 p.m. at night uh, when you're kind of up there in that late-night grind, you need something to keep you up, but you don't want something that's going to give you the jitters or mm -hmm. something crazy like that. So we've built a product, and we're really proud of, of building Angry Angel to where you can be the 20-year-old you know, in college or you can be the, the maybe the 45-, 50-year-old um, looking to get you know, a boost before playing tennis or, or going on a walk with your kids or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. Uh, so we really pride ourselves on having a product that could, could fit the needs of many different people of um, different ages, male, female. Um, it's The product is something that uh, is truly beneficial for people's lifestyles. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. I uh, you know I'm drinking one right now, yeah. and uh, I have a dinner meeting after this, and then about two more hours of work, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to get it done. Like, yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great evening for uh, for the grind tonight. I can tell it. That's good. It. And then you got the the keto coming out as well, right? Or? Yeah. So we're working on something here, and and we're still you know obviously in R D mode, but. Um, mm want something that kind of fits those needs. So, so and kind of chatting a little bit maybe about the food and beverage industry, um, right now what's big is transparency. Um, folks are becoming, and for all the right reasons that they should be, uh, more aware of what they're putting in their body. They're reading ingredient labels. Um, they're becoming more aware of what's on the market and demanding more out of the products. Mm. So for us, it's, it's, it's really taking everything that we've learned. I've, I've personally actually gone into all the Whole Foods in the South region and dem demoed and sampled product to, to thousands of customers and chatted with them. And, and really that's the thing that I think has set us apart with this you know, next iteration of our product is we've got in front of these customers. We're not sitting behind a computer pushing Instagram ads, Facebook ads, yeah. and, and hoping for feedback. We're, we're on the ground. We're boots on the ground, uh, me personally included. I, I go over to the Uptown Charlotte mm -hmm. Whole Foods over here, and I'll stand there for four hours, and I'll, I'll pass out Angry Angel samples, interact with customers, and yeah. ask them what they think and get their candid feedback. And, you know, I get a lot of people that sit there and say, well, you know what, this could be better, but this could be better. You know, I, I keep notes of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So this next iteration is, is an update on our design. Um, there's, there's more transparency with, with, with the label and what's in it. Use a lot of use of icons. Mm. Um, and then from an ingredient standpoint, really simplifying things and, and really become having a product with that, you know, the third-party verification of ingredients in there and having something that um, is zero sugar, zero calorie, and, and friendly to a lar larger audience. Mm, 
Mm. And that's, again, going back to pivoting and providing what the consumer wants. That's right. Yeah, so um, where could everyone connect with you out there or, or learn more about uh, – uh, Angry Angel or try to get some samples or products. I'm sure they'll want it now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so if you go uh, to any Whole Foods within the South region, mm. you can go buy Angry Angel. We've got both flavors there. Um, I also encourage you to go out to Amazon. We've got an Amazon store mm-hmm. or our website, which is uh, www.angry-angel.com. And um, for all of our listeners out there, if you type in code AA50, can actually get 50% off your your mm, first order. Okay. So that's something out there that uh, I'd love for you people to try and get their feedback on. But, uh, you know, I think Angry Angel could be a huge benefit to to people's lifestyles that you are know, looking for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, with the ingredients we put in there and, and a lot of the research we've done and and really all the culmination of experiences to this point, we've, we've put it in this product and uh, truly believe in it. Yeah. What's uh, the best place to connect with your social media? Yeah, so uh, Instagram, we've got at Drink Angry Angel is our handle. Uh, On Facebook, same thing, at Drink Angry Angel out there. Uh, Feel free to follow us. We're doing giveaways all the time. Mm. Uh, Me personally, uh, you can J. Lloyd, uh, Angry Angel uh, on, on Instagram. And yeah, we're, like I said, we're all about transparency. If there's any questions... Um, feel free to shoot, whether it's about the product, whether it's about entrepreneurship in general. Yeah. Um, I, I'm here to help. Okay. Uh, I, we're still on a journey. I'm still learning along the way, and uh, we haven't accomplished our goal, all of our goals. Um, we've still got a lot on our plate, but uh, if there's any way we can um, kind of mend and do B2B, and um, if it's just personal help, um, I'm, I'm all about it. Mm, of course, you got to love the process, right? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Well, um, thank you so much for, for really spending the time to be on the Next Level Minds podcast. Um, really glad that we had the opportunity to do this episode. Yeah, Chris, it's been great, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, everyone out there in a quick summary, um, this is a really fun episode to record. You know, we touched a lot on entrepreneurship. Um, it's really all about pivoting, building relationships, starting early. Um, and again, you know, this energy drink is great. I feel, I feel great. <laughs> um, so be sure to get yourself some. And uh, really some things I learned today is, uh, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try something and see where it goes. I think the secret to get it starting is, is uh, getting going. You know, that's uh, really what Justin walked through. Um, so I hope everyone really takes that into their week and uh, starts to accomplish the goals, visions, and dreams that they have. And uh, I want to just personally thank everyone for tuning into this week's episode. Um, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for the latest updates. And uh, thank you again for tuning in. As we like to say here at the Next Level Minds podcast, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success.